Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. And welcome into Jags Drive Time on a Thursday morning. I'm not Ashlyn Sullivan. I'm J.P. Shadrick. In for Ashlyn yet again. She'll be back with us very soon. Brian Sexton, John Osier, along with us as always. Getting ready for the Tennessee Titans. It's week five. It's on to Tennessee, John. Finally, uh, a little more football talk as the days move along here. Yeah, fine. I mean, it's been a long week, I think, for a lot of people around the Jaguars. A lot of questions that don't involve football. Uh, in what is really, I guess, the main rivalry game for a lot of fans. And frankly, a game that in seeing Tennessee play last week and seeing the Jaguars improve, I think the Jaguars uh, have a shot in and have a, realis- have a realistic shot to get back in the division race. Strange as that seems, Brian. You know, when you look at the Titans and, and because of the bye week, I got a chance to get a good look at them last week. There are opportunities for the Jaguars who – my main optimism is based on the fact that at the end of that game last week, they were a, a rising team. They were getting better. Now, the distractions and a week as weird as any I can remember in Jaguars history may have thwarted that somewhat. But I still think there are matchups the Jaguars can take advantage of, and I'm excited to talk about them, JP. All right, let's get to the big things today then and start off with Urban Meyer and the team. A big job this week to shift the focus from him to the Jaguars players. And for Urban, it's all about the locker room. It's my responsibility to uh, earn their trust back as their leader, as a guy that I'm very close with, a bunch of them. And it's a, it's always been that way with, with our teams and organizations. This is a player's team. It's a player's organization. Our job is to direct them, but they're the decision makers in an organization. Big I thing number two. Big thing number two, sorry, Urban, it's Trevor's time, the Jaguars quarterback. It's all about the quarterback now. If they're going to win, somebody has to rally the locker room from inside, and it seems like it's Lawrence's time, and he knows what happened last week can't happen. This team has to learn how to finish. We're focused. Like That, that hasn't changed. Um, when we get out there, it's, it's time to work. Our meetings have been great. Communication's been really good. Obviously, we're coming off a tough one in Cincinnati. Again, we felt like we should have won, that we had. You know, we were in it the whole game and um, just got to get better at, at finishing. And that's where, you know, we're looking to make an improvement this week. And I feel like every week we've gotten better. So just excited to put another full game together and, and go finish it. And finally, big thing number three, priority number one. If you're going to finish a game, it's, you know, slow down the running back of the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry, the league's leading rusher in attempts rushing yardage and tied for the league lead in rushing touchdowns. It's easier said than done, says Josh Allen. I know for us as a defense, man, uh, you know, one of our main, you know, goals and priority as a, you know, for the season of goals is to stop the run. And, you know, when you have a guy that's considered the best running back in the National Football League, who has the numbers, who has the talent, you know, who is a heck of a back, you know what I'm saying? Especially coming from an 4 4 and we're looking to get our first one, and we, you know, trust and believe this one's going to be the first one. Uh, it's going to be a challenge, but, you know, our job is to stop and run. And we've been doing a heck of a job. Our guys been busting their tails, running to the ball as much as we can. And this is another opportunity for us to show them, you know, how good our defense is. And uh, we're ready for the challenge, man. We're looking forward to it. 
So that's Josh Allen. Those are our big things today. And, you know, you listen to Trevor Lawrence there, guys, Brian, and, and it's it, he sounds like a guy who has control of the locker room. I know he has the respect of most everybody in that room. And this seems like a week where he can kind of take the, the reins and, and move this team forward. Uh, JP, I think we'll look back at this week and say this was the moment. You know, the Jaguars had hoped that this transition – from Urban Meyer being the center of all things Jaguars to Trevor Lawrence would take a year and they would take some of that extraneous pressure off the quarterback and just let him focus on football. Well, that's out the window now, obviously. And so this is the transition week. And the remarkable thing is when you listen to Trevor Lawrence, who has started four, four NFL games, sounds like he is totally up for the challenge. I love the way that he just basically said yesterday, I'm done taking questions about Urban Meyer. There's nothing more that could be said. There are no more answers here. He's still the coach. I still respect him. And the conversation went right to football. This is now about Trevor Lawrence. Quicker than anyone necessarily thought it would be, but that's where we are. And and I think he is up to the challenge. Well, he's absolutely ready for that part of it. I mean, you're not around very many rookies who, uh, who grasp the leadership role, who embrace that. Uh, just naturally the way this guy is, even if he didn't want to be a leader, people gravitate to him and that that's clear. He can handle himself on the podium. You never doubted all that. And I think that will continue to grow in the locker room as he gets better. And as he gets older, I don't, I, I don't think he's as good at that yet as he will be in two years when he absolutely owns this franchise, owns this town, uh, hopefully owns the league, but he's fine with it now they won't have a problem with him in that role at this point. And then, of course, at the end there, we heard from Josh Allen. This Jaguars defense is 13th in the league in rushing D overall, but they're number five in the league in rushing yards allowed per play, per attempt. Well, that can all get skewed the wrong way in a big hurry against this team, John. If Derrick Henry gets loose and it becomes a track meet down the sideline, that's trouble. Well, you know, Brian's been writing and saying all week, and he's right. The first meeting between these teams hasn't been the huge problem for the last two or three years. It's been the second meeting when it gets cold. They've been up in Tennessee twice. Sort of hurts to tackle him more. They've been out of it, which I think is a huge reason for the huge games Henry has had. You know, when you're out of it, it's not fun to tackle Derrick Henry. It's never fun to tackle Derrick Henry, but when you're still in it, as the Jaguars believe they are, uh, you know, I don't think they'll lack motivation, will, desire to tackle him. I think they'll do fine against him. I'm more worried about the wide receivers this week. Well, and JP, the the, uh, the injury report yesterday showed that A.J. Brown practiced on a limited basis and Julio Jones did not. If it continues that way, if those two players who were so critical to Ryan Tannehill's success in the passing game, if they're out this week or very limited, and you would think they would be, Hamstrings for wide receivers tend to be things that be pro- they're more problematic than they are for a lot of other positions because those guys turn it up and go down the field. The Jaguars, if that's the case, will be able to creep safeties closer to the line of scrimmage and get to Derrick Henry faster than they might not be able to had those guys been in the lineup or if those guys were full strength. I love watching Derrick Henry run except against the Jaguars. And you know how it goes with him. You know, it's in the first quarter, you know, it's three yards, four yards, two yards, one yard, and then boom, 
74 yards for a touchdown like he did here last year. I mean, the guy is so big and powerful and yet deceptively fast because when he gets those legs and that long stride going, you just you don't have enough body mass to take him down because you can only get one of those big legs. So uh, there you have it. Looking at Derrick Henry's numbers against the Jaguars all time, just over a thousand yards in 10 games. That includes six starts, 11 touchdowns on the ground against the Jags. One through the air was kind of a screen pass in week 17 of the 2017 season that he took 66 yards for another touchdown as well. And he has been involved a little bit more in the passing game as of late for Tennessee. Those are our big things today. We're back in a moment with He Will, He Won't, He Might, presented by Move Day. And we're off and running. It's Jags Drive Time on a Thursday morning on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jags Drive Time is brought to you by TIAA Bank. Turn potential into progress. And by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Welcome back. It's Jags Drive Time presented by the Fields Auto Group. Fields matters because you matter. J.P. Shadrick, Brian Sexton, John Osier. Time now for He Will, He Won't, He Might presented by Move Day. Brian, who you got this morning? I'm going with the new tight end, Dan Arnold. After 10 days, here's what he will do this week against the Titans, J.P. He'll move the chains, which is the key to this football team finding a way to be in it at the end. They cannot convert just 33% on third down, which is what they're doing through four games. They've got to be able to put the ball in the end zone at the end of long drives and not settle for field goals. He made two really good catches, and he had been with the club, what, three, four days by the time they got to Cincinnati. He's had more time now to be able to get into some sort of a rhythm and understanding. He is a deceptively athletic guy, and I think he'll move the chains on Sunday. You know, he won't remind anybody of Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or the top tight ends in the National Football League. He's not that guy, uh, but he might be the guy that's the difference maker between this team winning three or four games or five or six games, because I think he's got the skill set, the height, the length, the athleticism to be that dependable guy. John has talked about it for years relative to all Jaguars quarterbacks. They need somebody who's going to be where he's supposed to be and then be able to be there and make a play. Dan Arnold looks like the kind of guy from his days that I watched him last year in Arizona. He looks like the kind of guy who will be where he's supposed to be and then he'll make a play above the X's and O's to move the chains or score a touchdown in the red zone. That's uh, that's a good one to get us started today. Uh, I'm going to go next, and I'm going to go with Jamal Agnew. I, I believe he'll get more offensive snaps because that's been the trend the last week or two. Uh, he won't take a kick back this week. Historically, the uh, kicker for the Tennessee Titans, who is uh, Randy Bullock, has now this year 19 kickoffs, 10 touchbacks. But in the past, a lot more have gone into the end zone. Is he willing to bring them out? I would say no. Odds are no. He won't do that. But he might get five to seven touches on offense this week. He's become a little bit more of a, a, a need now because of the absence of DJ Chark at wide receiver. They need somebody else to step in and do some things on offense. He's, he took a handoff last week. Whatever those touches are, I think Jamal Agnew has a little bit more 
of a role, and that is my selection today. Uh, like John, it. John, who you got? I went with uh, Damian Wilson, and I could have gone with pretty much any defensive interior player a safety for this because it's about Derrick Henry. Uh, he will, Damian Wilson, Jaguars uh, middle linebacker, get plenty of opportunities to show why they got him in the offseason. I mean, this team needs to stop Derrick Henry. Uh, the middle linebacker will get his opportunities. Uh, he won't knock him backwards. I don't think many people knock him backwards, although Jaguars fans would be right to say that Quincy Williams did. So uh, it, it's fair to expect the guys left on this team to do that. Uh, but I, I'm not sure that realistically that's going to happen very often. But he might, JP, he might do it once in a big situation. And, that, and that's really what you need. Damian Wilson, I think you guys would agree watching him. He may be the hardest hitter at that position that I've seen on this team in a while, maybe since Paz, with the ability to knock back. He's a tough guy. He likes old school uh, street fight type things. Well, uh, he's got it this week. John, he's the hardest hitter since Quincy Williams. That's a mistake. Kind of like Daryl Smith was in 2013. Quincy Williams is a good football player. They should have kept him. So, yeah, he showed it. He got a big game in uh, New York with the Jets, number 56 in green, running around everywhere. And that was not Jeff Lagerman. That was uh, Quincy Williams <laughs> running around this past Sunday. By the way, uh, Damian Wilson listed at six foot 243. Uh, so he's got some, some, uh, some size to him and uses it effectively. There you have it for He Will, He Won't, He Might, presented by Move Day, Jacksonville's most dependable and caring local moving company. Move Day is proud to be the official moving company of the Jacksonville Jaguars. To get a free instant quote, call 844-MY-MOVE-DAY or visit movedaymovers.com. We're back in a moment with the state of the South. The AFC South, that is. Not quite the strongest division in the NFL these days. We'll break it all down. Look at the upcoming schedule when we return. It's Jags Drive Time, presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jags Drive Time is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle, and Baptist Health, changing health care for good. Welcome back to Jags Drive Time, presented by the Fields Auto Group on this Thursday morning. Hard Rock Sportsbook must be 21 and physically present in Florida to wager. Concerned about gambling, please call 1-800-522-4700. Presenting sponsor of the Jaguars Digital Network. J.P. Shadrick in for Ashlyn Sullivan, Brian Sexton, John Ozer along with us as we get ready for week number five in the National Football League. The Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans coming up Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. Let's take a look at the AFC South standings through week four, and it's ugly. Oh, boy. Tennessee at two and two. Houston and Indy at one and three each. Houston has the tiebreaker there with the division win. Jacksonville at the bottom. Oh, and four, but... As we said earlier, John, a win for the Jaguars over Tennessee. The Jags would be a game behind what would then be first place at two and three. Um, there are better divisions in football right now, but this is the state of the South, John. Well, and you take what you can get. I mean, there's been plenty of opportunities. Right now for the Jaguars, they have to look at it like the first four games don't exist. It's a 13-game season, strange that sounds to say. But it's, uh, you know, there are plenty of cases. If you look at it, 13 games, you figure 
eight and five over those games. Think it gets you in? Nine and four, maybe. A nine and four is a normal playoff season for a lot of teams, you know. So, yeah, they should reset this and say, you know what, the first four don't matter. If we play well, we got a shot at this thing. Uh, it's a gift from above, I guess. You know what stands out to me, JP, is that the Titans and to the Colts to some extent have been vulnerable through the first month of the season because of injuries. I mean, the Colts have been well-documented along their offensive line. And when you look, last week, the Titans lost their left tackle, their center, and their right guard for a portion of the game and all have suffered through injuries, which has allowed Ryan Tannehill to be sacked. He was sacked seven times against the Jets, five times, pardon me, six times against the Cardinals, and Chandler Jones got five of those. So he's been hit a lot. When the passing game isn't working, teams normally have been able to slow down the run. Derrick Henry has been off to a ferocious pace. I think the Titans are the most talented team in this division. But right now, they and the Colts have been battling some injuries in a very difficult early starting schedule to put themselves in a position where the Jaguars could strike. All right. You mentioned this early schedule. Let's look ahead to the next five weeks for all the teams in the division and – Pain all throughout for all four, it looks like. There's a lot of Buffalo on the schedule. Of course, the the Jaguars have Tennessee this week and London next, a bye week at Seattle, and then Buffalo week nine. That's tough. The Texans have the Patriots. They're at Indy, at Arizona, home against the Rams, and then at Miami. Colts at Baltimore, Houston at San Fran, Tennessee and the Jets. That might be the easiest. And then the Titans have the Jags, Buffalo, Casey, Indy, and at the Rams. A lot of Buffalo and Rams. That's not a good combo for the South, Bri. No, and, and the AFC West, JP, pardon me, the NFC West is so very talented, and it's part of the, the AFC South rotation this year. And the way that this thing falls out, again, if the Jaguars can get a win on Sunday, when you look at the way that the schedule falls, they can stay in this thing because you've got trips by the Titans uh, to San Francisco or Los Angeles for the uh, the Colts. And, I mean, there's just opportunities because of a very difficult schedule for this division this year. That if the Jaguars can somehow you know find some traction, they can stay in it. And look, look, this is not a playoff team. I think we've been talking about that since Urban Meyer first got here, since Trevor Lawrence was drafted. But what we hoped was that this year, at some point in October, not October, November or December, we could say, hey, they're still in it if, because we haven't been able to do that since 2017 around here. So if you could have a team that it, a win here and the Titans lose and the Colts win kind of thing, that would be great for 2021. It won't it won't subsist beyond that because the expectations are going to jump exponentially, John. But if the Jaguars could find a little bit of traction just to make it interesting, I think the fans would really enjoy that. Yeah, no question. It, it, it's fascinating to look at the graphic we just showed up because I do still believe that the Titans, when healthy, are a team that can start running off games. Um, at the same time, I don't know that they're going to run off games against this schedule. So they're a team that I think is going to play better as the season goes on. I always say about the Titans, they know how they want to play, and they play to their strength, which in the NFL is a, is a big deal because there are some teams that don't have an identity. But they could play better. But if they lose this week, the Titans, all of a sudden, two and three, and then it it's hard to see a four and one stretch here for them. So beating the Titans keeps them in range, I think, for the next six weeks or so. Lose to them, uh, it, I think a three-game gap 
yeah, this team's not going to a wild card. I think three games down in the division, uh, it, it sounds stupid for an 0-4 team to be talking about a must win. <laughs> but this, this sort of feels like that within the uh, context of our conversation today. Oh, no doubt, because if you let that horse get loose, uh, you won't be able to catch him. And that, that horse is the Tennessee Titans. So i uh, got to get something done this week. We'll come back in a moment, and we're going to look ahead to Monday's headlines, but we're going to offer them up today. It's Jags Drive Time on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jags Drive Time is presented by Fields Cadillac of Jacksonville and Fields Cadillac St. Augustine, members of the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick in for Ashland Sullivan, Brian Sexton, John Osher, the Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans in an AFC South battle, 1 o'clock Sunday at TIAA Bankfield. It's week five. The Jags are trying to snap a 19-game losing skid and avoid uh, becoming the third team in league history to have dropped 20 or more consecutive games. We'll uh, go ahead and let's don't knock that out. I, that just is painful to say. I don't even want to have that as a conversation. It's already a conversation point around the NFL, but uh, the, the closer they get, the louder that will be. So let's move ahead to Monday's headlines today. Brian, what you got for us? Well, you know, great headlines are uh, clever and tricky and not that I'm either of those, but this one is just too easy. And it's theirs number one. And it could be win number one, which I'm saying they'll get the win this week. They'll stun the Titans in the NFL. Despite all the off the field shenanigans, they will get win number one. So there's number one. But the other side of the coin is, is there's number one, meaning the number one overall draft pick. There's Trevor Lawrence where we see him put a complete game together and go on a game-winning drive. And so it's, it's, it's twofold. It's win number one and the number one overall pick stepping into the primary role as the face of the franchise. All right. That's a pretty good one. I'll follow it up with improvement. Improvement is my headline. Well, John, I think you wrote this, so I might be stealing from you a little bit, but whatever. Um, Improvement. Only improvement left is winning, right? I mean, they've done everything else. They've gotten better week to week. They've lost second half two score leads the last two weeks in a couple of different ways. I mean, they were up fourteen nothing. Could have been three scores at halftime last week. They didn't do it, and they lost the game um, on a last second field goal. The only thing left is to improve another step, and that's to finish a game and win it. So improvement is mine. John, take us home. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm going to throw water on it. Mine is not yet. Uh, you know, I don't think they're going to play poorly. I don't think they're going to regress. But I look at it from the from the Titan. I mean, I right from the Titans' point of view. You're two and two. You think you're pretty good. You think you're going to the playoffs, and you just lost to the winless Jets. This is a desperation game for this franchise. Uh, mean the Titans. They're desperate. They know what they want to do. They know how to play. I think this is one of those games that might even get weird, but that the playoff contending team figures out a way to beat the team that's not quite there yet. I hope I'm wrong, but my headline is not yet. There you have it. Um, interesting, interesting headlines for Monday coming up, and week five is right around the corner. Guys, appreciate it. Good to be with you, and uh, we'll catch you as the week goes along here. Thanks, JP. All right. John Osher out of here, Brian Sexton out of here. <laughs> Thanks to Trent Padilla, Brent Reber, 
on the back end of today's show. My name's J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for watching. It's Jags Drive Time presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.